0: The new year is the perfect time to start building credit scores. Because when your credit scores increase, your opportunities do too. Like loan approvals and lower interest rates. Chime makes it easier to keep building your credit with a secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. You can use Credit Builder everywhere Visa credit cards are accepted. Chime helps you build your credit scores safely by using your own money to make everyday purchases and on-time payments. To apply, just open a Chime checking account with a $200 qualifying direct deposit. And don't stress, there's no annual fee or credit check required to apply and get started. Start building your credit history and finding new opportunities with the secured Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card. Get started today at Chime.com build. That's Chime.com build. The Chime Credit Builder Visa Credit Card is issued by the Bancorp Bank N.A. or Stride Bank N.A. members FDIC. Late payment may negatively impact your credit score. Results may vary.
1: Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. And the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. Whether you're betting on a basketball game, or the Golden Globes, or the Bachelor, or the Oscars, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. BetOnline has hundreds of props with real-time odds and almost anything you can imagine, and of course, the 24-hour online casino. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Bet Online, your online sportsbooks experts. Hello, Lions fans. Jesse Cass here for the LMU Basketball Podcast here in the Believe Podcast Network on LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place with a show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of the LMU Basketball Podcast right here on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jesse Cass. Thanks so much for tuning in. We've got a great show for you here this week. Former LMU Lion, Stephen Haney Jr., making his second appearance on the show. going to talk about his career. He's playing in Poland right now and also, of course, has a lot of connections to the current Lions team. So a lot of good stuff with Steve coming up soon. But first, I want to get you caught up, of course, with everything going on with LMU basketball. We mentioned in the previous episode, they were coming back from, of course, a two-week weeks two stoppage due to COVID. And uh, the Lions have responded very well coming out of that break with a couple of down-to-the-wire thrilling victories. First, uh, on Saturday, they took on Pacific in a wild back-and-forth game where the Lions led by six at the half, ended up giving up a 20-2 to run to start the second half. But rallied back in furious fashion, winning that game 80-76, to 76. and then they follow that up with another thriller at Santa Clara for the Lions' second road win of the year, a 76-73 win on the shoulders of Eli Scott with an absolutely virtuoso performance, 37-point career high, including the game winner. Luckily enough, since I do those broadcasts, here's the clip of the game winner from Eli Scott. Check it out, Eli carrying the Lions across the finish line with step-back game-winner late in the ballgame. Let's hear it. With 12 on the shot clock, Scott backing down into the left post, kicks out for Anderson. Thought about the three. Instead, dribbles, kicks back to Scott with five. Crossover dribble, step-back, 15-foot jumper is good. Eli Scott knocks it down, Lions lead by one. 74-73, Broncos, are not calling a timeout. Jalen Anderson down to the right baseline, kicks it out for Vronkic. And he traveled with the basketball turnover. Lions get it back. 4.7 seconds to go. And the Lions lead by one. Eli Scott has 36. Timeout. LMU with a one-point lead. So as you could tell there, dramatic, incredible win for the Lions late against Santa Clara. That pushes the Lions to 10-6 and six on the year, making Stan Johnson one of the fastest coaches to 10 wins in LMU history. Uh, And the Lions now with five conference wins, five and three in West Coast conference play, so starting to get themselves up in the standings. It should be of note that the conference just announced that since some teams, due to all these postponements and stoppages, will likely play either more or less games than other teams, uh, that they're going by the Ken Pomeroy adjusted winning percentage model. So as it stood in the first rollout, Lions, despite having a better record than some teams in conference, were listed at 7th but that went that was before the win over Santa Clara LMU will have a couple of tough games on their schedule basically if they keep winning they should find themselves in the top half of the conference and so far so good 10 and 6 on the year now 5 and 3 in West Coast Conference play they've got a continuation of their road trip and a three game week they go to San Francisco on Thursday for their second matchup of the year the Lions beat them in the first conference game of the year back in Los Angeles and then LMU returns home for a Saturday noon tip-off against BYU for the first and only time during this regular season. That should be a lot of fun. And again, if the Lions were able to pull off that upset. Then uh, that would really help their conference standing, their footing in the conference standings as well. So, big games upcoming, uh, but a couple of big wins for the Lions coming out of their stoppage. And Eli Scott, as we mentioned, just absolutely incredible, 37-point career high, nearly half of the team's points, and. Uh, an incredible step back jumpers you just heard to win that ball game so Eli's been fantastic uh, and someone who knows Eli well is his former teammate Stephen Haney Jr. who we had a chance to talk to on this week's episode as we mentioned earlier we talked to him about kind of navigating COVID uh, and dealing with that as a player internationally he's playing right now in Poland played in Sweden last year so dealing with that having to come back home and try to train his relationship with some of his teammates and what he's seen from them this season a lot in this great conversation with Steve Haney jr. So without further ado here, it is on the believe podcast network. Check it out. All right. we're now joined here on the LMU basketball podcast by my guest, Stephen Haney jr. Of course, a, a former recent lion, uh, one of the best three point shooters of all time in LMU history. And we're really lucky to have him back on the show. Steve, uh, thanks so much for coming back on.
2: Yeah. Thanks a lot for, uh, for having me on. It's, been a little while but you know it's always nice to catch up and chat and you know just talk about things.
1: Yeah for sure and the last time we talked on on the podcast uh, was a couple years back you were playing in Kosovo in the Balkan League you've had a a couple of really strong years moving on to Sweden and you're in Poland now but uh, I think the first question is just obviously even in the past year there's been so much change but uh, how has life been for you in you know 2020 early 2021 dealing with you know, the coronavirus and, and COVID and just uh, everything that's gone on in the past year or so?
2: Uh, it's really been crazy. And while um, a lot of people, you know, everyone's stuck at home, basically, and I've had, what, two or three international flights uh, in that time, which is an insane thing. I mean, to start with last year when um, everything first happened, once the NBA canceled their season, pretty much every country in Europe, it was just like, Minute by minute, hour by hour, this country's canceling the league, this country, this country. So we found out and uh literally we were getting ready to push uh push for the playoffs. The playoffs are starting, I think, in like two weeks. We liked the matchup we were gonna have. We felt good about it. And then like a couple of days later, it's you know, you're gonna be on a flight in three days, headed back home. And uh, you know, flying from uh Stockholm, I flew back to Chicago and there was like no lie, maybe fifteen people on the flight. I think half of us were uh, Americans who had been playing in Sweden that were traveling back home. So there was like five or six guys on the flight, uh, you know, headed back home that had been playing here. So it was just a crazy, crazy thing. And then um, obviously being at home, it's just – it was difficult because especially in Michigan with with such – similar to California, such strict strict rules throughout the whole summer. I mean, nothing was open. There was high school coaches who – Athletic directors took their keys to the gym. I know even an athletic director at the community college in Lansing, the the head of the school took away his keys, and he's athletic director, so he couldn't wow. anywhere. So I was working out in a church barn gym for a couple months, which was, you know, not ideal, but you know, it's it's better than what most people had. A lot of people didn't couldn't do anything.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thing that I think uh, a lot of people you know, wouldn't necessarily think about is, you know, people whose job it is to be professional athletes where, mm-hmm. like you said, everything is, is closed and you have to find a place to work out and especially a game like basketball where you're, where you're playing indoors. Um, how tough was it just to, to train and stay ready for, for another season, just not only with the kind of lack of ability to train, but also just everything else going on around the outside world?
2: Yeah, it was – at times it was very difficult because there was also so much uncertainty with what would be happening this season and uh you know it's hard at times especially when there's nothing going on to work towards something you don't know if it's going to happen when it's going to happen so it was just quiet at first but so once i got into a rhythm you know it was fine but um like i said just uh i mean there was no weight rooms anywhere i only had basketball gym to work out in at my house i had like two 25 pound dumbbells and a yoga mat so i'm in the driveway doing you know stuff that it's effective to stay in shape but to perform, like, athletically at a high level, you need to do more weightlifting-wise than having two, you know, 25-pound dumbbells to do some shoulder press and curls and things like, things like that. So, you know, it was difficult, so a lot of running, and you can always run, but, you know, just as far as, like, building muscle and and physically being in that way, um, that was really difficult. But, you know, like I said, I was fortunate enough to at least have a, a gym I could go work out in where a lot of guys didn't have that. And uh once I found out I was going to Poland, it was such a short, because the season here actually started a lot earlier than uh most other countries. Uh We started, I got here in the middle of July. And my agent texted me about the opportunity and literally signed the contract. I think he texted me on a Saturday. I signed it Monday and left on like, I think Friday or Saturday. <clears throat> so it was a very quick, um, very quick turnaround and just kind of going from having no idea what was going to happen to a week later I'm um, you know, in a different country. So that's just kind of how the, the whole, you know, pandemic has affected these type of things. It's just everything is so uncertain. And when opportunities come, it's kind of, if you, you need to be prepared, you need to be willing to, you know, take up, take things on a short notice and, uh you know, be willing to put yourself out there.
1: And you have the, the unique perspective of someone who's been able to to kind of be part of this or involved in this pandemic and see it from different angles. Of course, being in different countries and being able to see, you know, how another country handles it compared to the U.S. when you were back home. Uh, what has it been like overseas uh, dealing with the pandemic? Any change, any difference in, in how it's being approached and, and just the effect on on your life?
2: Uh, well, initially when I got here, the cases weren't too bad here. There weren't too many and uh it wasn't like locked down, locked down, you know, there's like fifty percent capacity restaurants, you could do things like that. Uh when you walked on outside, a mask wasn't required. When you went inside it was things like that. But um after a while, probably in maybe like September, October, cases started to go up and they put everything on, you know, only takeaways. You have to wear a mask outside, uh all things like that. And we actually in um in our preseason, and I think it was in early August, we had a, we played our first preseason game, and like half our team uh, got COVID. And wow. when we had the quarantine here, it was a uh, minimum two weeks. And like it was, it was so str- it's strict to the point where like we're like, I live in an apartment by myself, and the police would come by every day and check all of our apartments individually to make sure that we're there, that we're indoors, that we haven't left. So they would pop up at like random hours of the day. Come knock, name. Okay, you're here. We know that you're here. We know that you're not outside. And it was something equivalent to like a ten thousand dollar fine if you got caught outside wow. while you were supposed to be quarantining. So we actually had a huge, like, two week uh, just hole in our preseason. That really we only ended up playing two preseason games when we were supposed to play, I think, like five or six. Our first three regular season games had to be rescheduled. So it was just uh, it was crazy. it was crazy, it was crazy to see how um how strict they were, especially with the quarantine. I was just shocked and I'm laying in my bed one morning and hear the bang at my door. I'm like Like who like who could this possibly be? And I go and it's two police officers that like don't speak a word of English. And I'm like, wow. can I can I help you? And they're like, show me a whistle in my name. I'm like, yeah, it's me. Like, okay. Just like gave me a thumbs up and, and headed off. They did that every day for the next two weeks.
1: Wow, that's crazy. Uh during those two weeks, what did you do to keep yourself sane and occupied? any shows you were binging, or <laughs> what was what was going on during that two week period?
2: I watched the the show The One Hundred in probably about five days. I think I finished. I was watching like <laughs> ten, twelve episodes a day. It was insane. Just Netflix, video games, trying to do little like thirty minute workouts, just in here, just you know, push ups, sit ups some fake jump ropes. I didn't even have any really equipment. I wasn't prepared for anything really, you know, and that uh, someone had to like bring us groceries every couple of days, things like that. Yeah. It was just, I don't think I watched Netflix or played video games for like two weeks after being stuck like that. Cause it was, I was just <laughs> so over it. it was just, um, you got,
1: it's, got your fill. Huh? <laughs> yeah.
2: It was crazy.
1: Fun, fun fact about the 100, not the show, but the, the books uh, that they're based on, Cass Morgan, named Cass. That's my cousin. So she wrote those books.
2: Oh no way! Uh,
1: so that's a cool connection there. So uh, if you talk so, yeah, to her, you just
2: tell her that's my probably top three favorite. So I've watched it twice now, actually. I'll
1: let her know. She'll be very appreciative. But yeah, she's a <laughs> she's a good writer for sure. Um, so so going forward, obviously you're you're up, you're playing now. Uh, how's the season been here in Poland? Uh, and what has it been like? Have you guys had fans? Um, what has the atmosphere been like playing and, and getting things going now uh, during this time?
2: Um, so we started the season at uh, 50% capacity. And uh, the fan culture here is it's, it's good. You know, the, the atmospheres are, are very good in, in the games and gyms. And uh, we started at 50% for maybe the first, like I said, I think it was around like October maybe. And then they just went to no fans. And since then it's been uh, been no fans which at first was very, very strange. Just never experienced that before. And then um, it's kind of like I was talking to my teammates the other day. I almost can't imagine what it will be like with fans again because it's things like, you know, coaches calling out players from the sideline. You can just hear it clear as day. You can literally have a conversation mid-game with your coach. Like, what are we doing in this position? What's next with defense? What are we doing here there? Talk to players, you know. But when you get back to the point where there's, you know, ten thousand seven thousand six thousand people, and make even if they're not making a bunch of noise, just a little bit of noise it's like those little things that we've never been able to do before, but we can do now and that's just you know it's gonna go back and it's just crazy to even think about that that used to be a thing that like I've never been able to like talk communicate with a coach like in the game as it's going on like that, so that's been crazy, but um, as a team, we struggled at times we uh offensively I think we're like I think fifth or sixth best offense in the league but uh defensively we're, we're last and also last in rebounding we don't have a bunch of size we're a fast team we're a quick team but we don't have a bunch of size and uh that's hurt us you know a lot of teams in this league are built around size and inside play and we've kind of built our play around a guard play so individually I've played really well it's the best season not bad and Poland's a very good league I didn't realize how good of a league it was um until I signed here, and it's you know a very good league, a very tough league, but it's a league where the way I play, I, I've been able to play well, and I take advantage of my skill set. So, you know, I've been very happy with the way I have played individually, but it's been hard that we you know we struggled at times as a team. But we, you know, I mean, also our coach, we, our coach got fired about how, around Christmas, I think it was, and a new coach came in. First time, he's very young, 36, 37 years old. First head coaching job. You know, he's really smart. He's somebody you can tell is going to be a really good coach. But obviously, kind of learning on the job, experience with his first job. But since he's come in, we, uh, you know, we've improved a lot. And all our games, we we haven't lost bad. I think we've had maybe two bad losses. Every game is we're there, and then it's just kind of at the end we don't, you know, we don't make the plays, we don't have the things go our way to get it done. But we have five games left, so. Where uh, you know just hoping to finish strong, win, win at least three or four out of these five, four of them at home. So, you no, know, just got to try to finish strong.
1: Yeah, I'm curious about you know you're mentioning the the difference with with fans and no fans, and at the beginning, is that like kind of just like a heightened pickup game essentially? You know, playing without any fans. Obviously, the the level of competition, as you mentioned, is is crazy high, and the intensity is there. But just mentally, I'm sure that has to be a big adjustment and and I'm curious as a, as a great shooter, you know, there can be, it can go either way. You can be distracted or, you know, thrown off by big crowds, but you can also maybe be thrown off by complete silence in the gym. How's that? Has it affected you at all? Or what's the difference for you?
2: I think for me, I'll tell someone before the biggest difference is actually playing at home because it's, you're, it feels like the same routine as practice almost, or at least when Mm -hmm. you play away, you're still traveling there. You're, taking a bus trip down there the day before, you stay at the hotel, you shoot around in the morning. It's a different different place you haven't been yet. So still feels, you you. it's like you know it's a game. You're preparing for a game. When it's home, it's kind of like, you know, you go through your week of preparation, and the next night you show up. It's obviously still different. You know, it's different. You feel it. You feel excited. You feel the thing. But it's just, I think it's easier, actually, with no fans playing away because you still have that, that it it still feels similar because of the routine of what you're doing and what you're going. And uh, I just, I haven't liked it, man. Like I love, like I I love playing in front of people. It's just such a fun home or away. It's a fun thing, you know, when you play well and you can just feel the buzz and you can feel everything going on. And it hasn't, it's definitely, but it's not the same. It's not as good of a, it's not as fun of an experience playing with no fans, but like I said, it's, I'm still just lucky to even be able to, through all this be able to have this opportunity and be able to do this so I'm not gonna you know complain and say it sucks or anything's bad but it's definitely not as good you know it's just you're just missing that kind of that feeling that extra little bit of excitement you get you know make a shot in front of a bunch of people it's a that's a fun feeling and it's just not really the same same right now
1: yeah hopefully it seems like we hopefully might be starting to turn the corner and get on the other side of this thing and, and get some fans back at some point in the near future. And, and that would be awesome. Uh, I know you, you know, we've connected here and there on Twitter and you, you know, your schedule and obviously time zone is very different in being able to watch your former team in LMU, but um, you've obviously got some former teammates who are still on the team and Eli and Matias, Damien and Joe. Um, what has been like catching them when you can? And what have you seen from, from this year's iteration of the team with a, Obviously, their own, you know, dealing with the same things you are, playing with no fans, new coach as well. Just, uh, what have you seen from them and, and connected with them in that way?
2: Uh, yeah, I man, I, I still talk to I talk to Eli quite regularly. I actually was talking to him yesterday, and um, so I talk to him pretty often. And yeah, I watched the two games I was able to watch. Were um, I watched the first game they played against Minnesota because I know they played twice, and then I watched the uh the Portland game. It was that Portland with Matias – had, had his best game of the season at Portland.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he had, then, I think, 25 and 13 yeah, in that
2: game. They they won by, what, like, 2025, so I was, that was a good game. Yeah. i was yeah. glad I was able to see that because, you know, Matias had such a strange year as well, you know, last year not with being at home and, you know, the things that he went through personally that, you know, are difficult for him to come back and, you know, to come back to a whole new world, you know, a whole – Different situation scenario. I was glad to see him uh see him play well, and obviously last night Eli had a great game. He had what thirty seven and six six rebounds, yeah. I think. Yeah. So I yeah. mean, he just it's crazy to see him and, and Joe as well, and Matias how much they just like matured. You know, they first came in there freshman They were just kind of they they all had talent. They were all all played and, and played significant minutes early on in their careers, and uh just to see how they've developed and become the leaders of the team and become leaders of that group. It's you know, it's really nice to see. And I'm really happy, happy for them. And I'm happy that they're, you know, having a good year this year you where know, they're playing well, they're playing, you know, an exciting way. You could tell coach Johnson, every time I've watched he's so high energy on the, on the sidelines. And you can see the team is feeding off that and they're playing well, they're playing for each other. And, uh, you know, it's, it's just, I'm really happy to see that, to see them getting the success that I think they deserve after being there, putting in the time, putting in the work, representing the school well, and then to just do this difficult situation, you know, in their, in their senior years to be able to play well and have a successful season, even though there's been, you know, games postponed and canceled and, you know, just for them to stay consistent and to, you know, keep performing. It's, it's really impressive, and, it, it you know, it shows a lot about who they are as people to so. – to be able to do that because they're still young, you know, they're still almost basically kids, you know, 21, 22 years old, you know, to be able to deal with this and school and all of these things that are going on for them to still, you know, be able to play hard and play with passion. It's a, you know, shows a lot about who they are.
1: Yeah. And I know, as you said, you're you're close with Eli and you've seen kind of the the development and the maturation of his game. I don't think it's a surprise to anyone who's watched him play that he's had such a strong year. I think we all expected him to be, you know an all first team league performer which he's on his way to being and as you mentioned 37 points in the last game including the game winner um where where specifically have you seen just his game grow and improve um you know from one year to the next and and seeing that next step that he's taking to really being a leader and and kind of dominating for this team in, in conference play
2: uh i think for him it's just that focus the the mentality i think for him has changed i think he's you can see he's a lot more uh i more focused a lot more. He's not letting little things bother him as much. You know, he's just staying, staying at it because he has to. You know, as him as being the leader for that team, he can't let a bad call or something go in the wrong way. He can't let that, you know, dictate how he's going to perform the rest of the game. And he can't, you know, it, it can't bother him inside. But he can't lose his cool and, and and you know, be seen acting out of character, acting you know, showing his frustration because that's going to goal and that's going to get everybody else to feel like something's wrong like this you know it's going to stress them out it's going to you know affect how they're going to play so I think he he's always had the skill set he's always had I mean he's one of the best passers in the country you know he's a very intelligent a very smart player is very skilled he's very good at at things that a lot of guys aren't good at he's a very unique player and he's always been that he's always going to be that but I think just his, his maturity and how he handles things and how he's taken a, a leadership role, you know, personally and emotionally while also maintaining and even upping his his performance, you know, static, stats wise and on the court to be able to balance both of those and keep improving as a player. You know, it shows speaks a lot to his coaches now and the previous coaching staff, but also speaks a lot to him. And, you know, the you could tell he's, he's tried to improve in different areas and improve different things. And, you know, to see that, you know, it makes me very proud to, you know to see him see him uh, develop in that way.
1: Well. And it and I know it's it's tough obviously for for these guys I don't know if you've talked about this specifically but you know the group of guys that you were teammates with of course were recruited and played for for Mike Dunlap, you know, LMU made the coaching change this past summer uh, and brought in a new coach in Stan Johnson. Um, you know for some for those guys who have been with the program for multiple years, that's obviously a really tough situation to have your coach not there anymore have a new system new head coach Uh, what have they told you if anything about that adjustment uh, in you know their decision making and and staying with the program and you know carrying forward with the new coaching staff
2: yeah I mean that's what I I talked to Eli uh, about it quite a bit like during the summer when it was first happening and I think it's I think the most impressive thing is how well the transition has gone when they didn't have a, a normal summer I mean most normally you have the whole summer basically with the you'd have with the new coaching staff with the new players that are coming in with all of that but for them to not have that and for uh coach johnson to be able to you know get his you know get his plans and on and off the court to implement you know his, his things his rules on and off the court and to have it you know work so quickly come into effect so quick and uh to see that i think that's just so impressive and uh You know, one thing that he mentioned is that that you I mentioned to me is just that the coaches are very, uh, very. They came in very straightforward of what they expected of everybody, what they wanted, and uh, you know there was no, no leeway to that. They they had their expectations. If you you either meet or you don't meet the expectation, you meet them. We continue pushing forward. You don't meet them, you know. There's gonna be a talk. There's gonna be consequences. So uh, and they were very, and it wasn't unreasonable things. It was very fair. It was a very fair standard to hold yourself to as a you know, as a young student athlete. So for Coach Johnson to come in and implement that says a lot about his character and his uh, how much the players respect him. But then also for these players, like you said, to in their senior year, to have a new coach come in and try to, you know, I'm sure changes weren't massive or Coach Dunlap was very similar in that way. But for obviously every coach is going to have different principles that they stand on. And for the players to come in and accept that change in their senior year uh, especially under the circumstances, it says a lot about, like I said, about their maturity and about their growth because, you know, a lot of – I'm sure a lot of teams this year have struggled with something like that with uh, maybe a new coach coming in or maybe the way the, their coach – the rules they might have as a team during uh, this, this time. And there's probably, I'm sure there's been, you know, a lot of uh, situations where that hasn't been handled well by players and staff uh, throughout the country. But the way they've done it at LaMuia just, you know, it seems like they – for a first year coach and to have this and to come in and have a smooth season so far, you know, it speaks a lot to everybody involved. Yeah.
1: One thing that I found really impressive with, you know, of course this team, as many teams have, has had a couple of stoppages due to, you Mm -hmm. know, a positive test in the program that, you know, the guys come back strong and healthy each time off of, you know, two, three week absences, the first game back against tough teams, San Francisco, the first time. And then Pacific, you know, earlier in the week, this past week, uh, they won both of those games with really strong performances. So you throw, you know, two weeks off, you would expect some rust, but for them to to be kind of that finely tuned coming out of it, it was pretty impressive.
2: Yeah, and it shows a lot that in those they didn't take those two weeks as a two-week vacation, you know. Because if if, if, as an athlete, if you take two weeks off and you don't do things to keep your body in shape, especially in the middle of the season, you are going to come back and it's going to be noticeable. It's going to, you know – there's going to be cramps. There's going to be fatigue issues. There's going to be a lot of issues like that. There's going to be injuries. Things are going to happen uh, when players come back like that if they aren't doing the necessary things on their own during those two, three weeks. So, again, this is a lot about – I'm sure the coaching staff uh, and the weight staff had a, had a plan for – gave them all, this is what you need to do every day during this time period to come back and to not miss a step. And for It's one thing for them to to give the plan, but for them for, – you know, a bunch of young men and, and basically kids, as I said, to be disciplined enough to follow that plan during those two weeks is uh, that's you know, impressive. And like you said, I I remember the uh, USF game; they beat them. The I mean, USF was a good team. They I think they didn't they beat Virginia earlier in the season? They beat someone yeah. big earlier in the season.
1: Yeah, they beat Virginia uh, when they were ranked
2: number four. Yeah, so USF has been you know one of the better teams in the league the past few years. So for us to come back and, and win that game, like you said, after a break like that, is it just shows a lot, especially about the players, that they did what they needed to do during that time period to be able to come back and not to, to not miss a beat.
1: Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, we know, as you said, you're, you're close to some of the guys still on the team. Uh, what's it been like, you know, staying connected with some of the guys who, you know, you graduated with or you played with that are now doing what you're doing, playing overseas, like, like James Bateman and some of the other guys? What's it been like to, to follow their careers and see how they're doing?
2: it's great, I mean, pretty much trying to think of the guys that I played with that are I know Brandon is playing in uh i think it's Bulgaria right now, and James obviously playing is uh playing in France, and James and I have the same agent too, so we uh you know whenever one of us has a good game we you know we see about it, we hear about it, so with uh he and I that you know there's probably every couple of weeks once a month or so you know we'll talk and catch up and uh you know it's just good to see that you know, all of us, all three of us are playing well and uh, you know, performing well in good leagues and playing at a high level and, you know, like I said, just uh we were able to have the opportunity to keep playing uh during this and to experience you know, a once in a generation thing that's going on with this pandemic in different ways and uh still be able to travel and see different things that a lot of people wouldn't be able to do even if there wasn't a pandemic, but even with with the pandemic, even less lucky people aren't able to do these things that that we're able to do. So, you know, I'm really happy that, you know, we're able to do this and happy to see them doing it and doing it well and playing well and handling the whole thing uh, in a really good way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I know, I know it's tough for you, obviously, as we mentioned earlier with the the time difference and your own very busy schedule, but uh, any games you think you'll be able to catch for LMU before the season ends or head into the conference tournament and beginning of March?
2: Yeah, I was just looking at the schedule. I think they play BYU soon. And I think it's an early game. I think it. Yeah, this yeah, Saturday
1: it,
2: is the it's noon tip-off. Yeah, so I'll definitely, definitely be able to watch that. Anytime there's an early game, I try to I look. and I think there's going to be one earlier, but I think it might have been postponed or canceled or something. So, I remember there was one early, early. I think it might have been even when they are going to play USC or somebody like that. Mm-hmm. I think I was planning to watch one of those, but uh, obviously it didn't happen. But yeah, definitely this weekend, BYU. That's always a fun game to watch. You know, it's a it's a big team. It's a it's a team everybody knows. And you know, when you beat a team like BYU, you know the whole country knows about it. So that's a, and hopefully they'll get the Gonzaga game. I'd like to watch that, even if I might have to wake up three, four in the morning, depending depending what the next morning for me looks like. I might be able to do that and check that out because obviously this year Gonzaga is basically everybody's pick to win it all. So I haven't really yeah. watched them this year, so I'd like to, you know, see them and see that game and see see how we handle that challenge.
1: Yeah, same. Hopefully, the you know, there's not a ton of days to p- put another game in, especially since it was supposed to be on the road, but hopefully they can fit that game in against Gonzaga and just kind of see who stack up with what, as you said, some people say, a lot of people say it's the best team in the country. So mm-hmm. uh, we know we know that that'll be exciting if it happens. And uh, I know I appreciated you saying the other day that, uh, you missed me on the call since it was a TV yeah. broadcast. I was gonna say, I think, yeah, our last game of the year, regular season game uh, against Portland, that'll be our broadcast on on the TV stream. So at least we got we got one more on there. We can try to send you the video to to get you uh, caught up with our, our broadcast over there.
2: Yeah, I'll have to. I was missing the Trayvon man because they were the, the Portland <laughs> game I was watching. We were hitting a lot of threes too. They were playing Portland to start out in the zone, and we were. Uh, think uh i haven't made a couple There there's a couple threes and i'm like it's just it's not the same man you you, <laughs> you, you see lmu make a three you're supposed to hear trey Bien, but it just it wasn't there it just didn't 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 quite feel the same
1: well I, I appreciate it maybe i'll have to get a uh you know a sample sound pad or something to
2: just
1: put
2: it to my producer or someone out there let them hit a little button and get a trey bianne going every time joe or somebody knocks a three down
1: exactly yeah well we'll see if we can can put that in the works but uh steven it's great catching up with you um we'll obviously check in again sometime soon uh good luck in the rest of your season stay safe out there and we'll uh we'll definitely catch up when you're when you're back in the states as well
2: yeah for sure thanks a lot uh you know i always enjoy enjoy doing something like this you know fun to talk basketball talk about things especially lmu so uh yeah i appreciate it It a lot of fun
1: That's gonna do it for this week's edition of the Believe in Alley Basketball Podcast. Once again, a huge thanks to Steve Haney Jr. for coming on the show and a big, as we said, good luck to him in the in the remainder of his season in Poland. He's having a fantastic year, averaging about sixteen points per ball game, and as always, as Lions fans know, lighting it up from three-point range. So great to see Steven doing well, and you know he's gonna be checking on the Lions. And as for the Lions, we mentioned in the beginning of the show, game against San Francisco coming up tomorrow on Thursday. Uh, And then also BYU this Saturday at back at home in Los Angeles. Two exciting games and what should be an exciting conclusion of the regular season in the lead-up to the conference tournament in the beginning of March. So the Lions look to keep it rolling in their next two, and we have you covered here in the Believe Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple. We're also available wherever else, wherever else you get your podcasts, whether it be TuneIn, Spotify, Google Play, iHeart, Stitcher, whatever you need, we're there. And find us at Believe.com and follow for any LMU updates at Jesse underscore Cast on Twitter. So with all of that said, we'll talk to you again next week on the Believe Podcast Network, LA's number one sports podcast network and the only place for the show for every team in LA and more. We believe in our LA teams. Do you believe? Go Lions.